Hi, my name is Victor, and welcome to the Spring Break edition of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. As we progress through life, it's important to get different perspectives and wisdom from those who have gone before us. And that's because we can learn just so much from their successes and regrets to build our own lives in a way that would honor God. So in this age and stage talk, Aaron and Ellie give advice to budding sophomores on how to utilize the second half of their time in college. My name's Aaron, and this is <laughs> that looks. This is Ellie. I'm Ellie. Hi. And we are excited to speak to sophomores. So you guys have gone through it. Of all the people who've gone through COVID, I feel like you, my heart hurts for you the most because you guys <laughs> really went through it. So we're going to kind of use this analogy of packing a suitcase, thinking about your suitcase of life. So and packing well for your future. So there's going to be things that you want to put in your suitcase and maybe things you want to take out of your suitcase. And we're going to talk about both of those things. So just kind of use your imagination with the suitcase analogy. But we really feel like you guys are in a prime and unique position because so much energy and focus really has been devoted to you and to personal growth. Like people have been leading your small groups and trying to meet up with you and invest in your life. And not the tides are turning, but prayerfully you'll be emerging into leadership in the next season of life. Welcome, friends. Glad you guys are here. Um, so I know sometimes that's exciting and terrifying thinking of, of growing and going into leadership. So Ellie's going to talk for a few minutes, and then I'm going to talk for the next minutes, and then we're going to open it up for some Q&A. So feel free to write down questions along the way, and we will do our best to answer. Obviously, it's been a lot longer for me since I was a sophomore than Ellie, but we're around students a lot, and so we really want to be a resource to you. So take it away, Ellie. Yes. <clears throat> so I don't know. I guess just in background, I graduated in fall of 2020. So my sophomore year was like 2018, so not too long ago. And kind of the thought that was coming to mind, like when we're talking about packing a suitcase, that kind of thing, is like the idea of being all in, like in this phase of life, like you guys are almost halfway done with college and you're like semi back to being acquainted with normal college life. I don't know how you feel about that, but you finished your freshman year, so that's great. Um, and for me, I remember my sophomore year, I joined Challenge my freshman year and joined your leadership team my freshman year. And so my sophomore year was kind of like a big um, shift in my perspective. It was no longer about myself, like figuring, like adjusting to living with my parents and adjusting to college life and all of that. It was more so about starting to invest more in others. So I got the opportunity to like disciple women. Um, I joined, I was asked to join a sorority on our, on our campus in order to share the gospel with the women in that sorority. So me and a couple friends did that. I started dating the guy that I married that year. So that was a big deal. Um, a lot more like opportunities to grow that were a bit beyond my current capacity. It was kind of an overwhelming year, but it was great. And that kind of set the foundation for me for my junior year. So going into junior year, I was like, okay, now I've got some tools under my belt on how to do some ministry. And I can really walk into junior and senior year, like being able to fully invest um, my time in my life, just in getting to know God and learning lots of um lessons and falling down and messing up a lot. But um, I really like thought that that's like the most helpful thing I took out of my time in college was just getting to be all in, in my relationship with God and in um, my, the way I in, related at Christian, in Christian challenge, um, just being fully committed to obeying God. Cause I feel like it's really easy. I don't know if you guys have felt this way, but I know even for me, like post COVID to get really isolated and like insulated and to build a, build a lot of margin around our schedules and to like focus on what's comfortable. I've been really tempted to fall into what's comfortable. Um, and now that things are going back to normal, it's like, okay, like we can do more things again and kind of being willing to push ourselves to do what's more uncomfortable and kind of um, jumping into that. Now that you guys are going to be moving into junior year, and you guys will be the leaders and the pace setters in both Chico and USC Challenge. Um, so, sorry, I got really off track of what my notes were. But so another idea, the main idea I kind of wanted to talk about, like 
a thing to put in your suitcase is this idea of esprit de corps, um, which is a value that I learned growing up. Esprit de corps, esprit de corps I think it's French, um, means a feeling of pride, fellowship, and a common loyalty shared by the members of a particular group. So that's what it generally means. But in a biblical sense, I've, the, uh, someone's given me this like little tool, so I'm passing it on to you. It contains four different ideas, and that's being um, cohesive, proactive, sharp, and inclusive. So I kind of want to talk about those four ideas and how we can apply those to our lives, how we can put all four of those into our suitcases um, and bring them into the rest of your sophomore year and as you begin to set the pace uh, your junior year. So cohesive, that one means we are loyal and we trust each other. So this is the first step to being all in and committed to the community. Um, I think it's easy to kind of, like I said, be uh, isolated, but instead choosing to be loyal. That's the choice we have to make here is choosing to be um, on the same team as each other and work together for the mission. First uh, Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So the verse says, God called you out of darkness into his wonderful light which is such a privilege that we have. Like I've been reflecting on that just as we've been worshiping and hearing from Bob. Like God called us as a community, not just like you, like the verse that says like, for God so loved the world, not just for God so loved Ellie or Courtney or Maddie, you know? And so like, because he loved all of us and brought us into this community, um, it's no longer about just ourselves, but bringing God the glory. And you guys, I don't know, how many of you have memorized Matthew 20, 18 through 20, or at least have read it? Most of you, okay, I'll read it. Um, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is called the Great Commission, which most of you might know that. Um, which is our mission. That's why Challenge exists at USC, USC and Chico State. It's not for us to have fun. Um, it, well, it is for us to have fun, but that's not the primary goal. It's more of a bonus. So the goal is for us to reach um, our campus and to share the gospel with those on our campus. And then 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. So this also implies that we're not, we are implicitly united because of our faith, and we need to choose, like Bob keeps talking about, like relationships and friendships, and I like have been really reflecting on that. It's been really encouraging to me. Um, so that's like our goal is to like, that's how you develop those friendships, is choosing to be united together and clear up those relationships. Um, and then one more note on cohesive. All these points won't be this long. I just am really passionate about cohesive particularly. Um, Ephesians 4.29 says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So that really, cohesive also um, relates to the way we speak to each other and like interact as a group and the way that, like the attitude of our group, um, which means we probably don't want to be making fun of each other or making sarcastic jokes to each other. And we want to be really careful about um, speaking in a way that's truthful and kind to one another. So that's cohesive. The other thing we want to put in our suitcase is proactive. So proactive, the definition there is we have a can-do attitude. So when someone asks us to serve, we are have an attitude that's like, yeah, I'm excited about that, rather than being like, oh my gosh, I don't want to wake up at 7 a.m. to go do this thing, or like, I don't want to show up early to this event. I know I can have the attitude when I'm like more internally focused. But Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, being all in in this way means that we are not only on board when people ask us to serve, but we also are intentional to buy the opportunities to serve. So it doesn't just mean that you wait around for me to say, hey, can you show up early to challenge to help set up? You ask like, hey, is there something I can be doing to help? like 
serve challenge in a different way. Um, or you don't just wait around for like the opportunity to share the gospel to fall on your lap. You like intentionally pursue that. Um, so, you know, like that could be giving rides to an event, setting up for an event, cleaning up an event, making other students feel welcomed, um, bringing snacks to life groups. I don't know how you guys do it at USC. Those are some things that we do. Same, cool. Um, John 1, 4 through, John 1, 40 through 42 says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard, who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. I like that verse because it says the first thing Andrew did was find his, was go to find his brother. Like he didn't wait around for his brother to ask him um, like what he was doing. He was proactive and bought up the opportunity to bring his brother into a relationship with Jesus. Um, so we're talking kind of about with being proactive, there's serving, there's sharing the gospel, so being proactive with those areas, and then also with just your own walk with God. Um, I was really reminded of the verse Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. I don't read all of it, but it talks about like you, the one, the verse like you need milk, not solid food. Um, but so, and solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So when we're first committing our lives to Christ, you know, you hopefully we'll have someone discipling you and training you and bringing you along and teaching you how to do a quiet time and pray and share the gospel and do all those things. But then as you guys grow, like grow in your walks with God and move on into your last few years of college, and as you graduate especially, you're no longer going to have somebody like guiding you so consistently. Maybe you guys have already seen that. Um, but you'll have to be proactive to grow and to get training by yourself. So we have cohesive, proactive, and then sharp. That one is we do sharp, we do things in a sharp way. Um, first Corinthians 10 31 says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So this basically means that we, when we participate in the, in the community, we do things in an intentional way and in a way that's done well. We don't do things half-heartedly. Um, when we, Leave an event, we make sure things are picked up. When we drive someone, we make sure they get a ride home. When we're talking to someone, we give them our full like attention, like things like that. Those are just random examples popping into my mind. But like, um, and we're not living to serve people, to make people like us. Um, but we're doing this in order to glorify God. We want to do things excellently because that brings more glory to God, not just because like Aaron or I would be happy with you if you throw your cup away, I don't know, <laughs> or like talk to the freshman in the corner. Um, so that's sharp. And then the last one is inclusive. And that one is join with us. So as part of um, people of challenge, we really want to be a culture of inclusivity. Um, and being all in in this way, it means that we are excited to invite our friends to challenge. If we meet a classmate, we're excited to bring them along. If we meet someone on campus, like we bring them into challenge. If we see somebody standing around at challenge, we don't just stay with our friends. We go and talk to them. I know something I had a hard time with was just like, if I saw my friends at challenge, I wanted to hang out with them. But um, having a culture of inclusivity means that you are um, proactive to go do that. And then Acts 5, 14 says, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. So those are the four things to put in your suitcase. It was cohesive, proactive, sharp, and inclusive. And if you take anything away, the goal that I'm trying to communicate is I really want to encourage you guys just to be all in and not for the sake of any of us on staff to like experience the blessing of having you guys be all in, but for your own blessing. Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first, his his, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Um, so choosing, if you choose to invest the rest of your time in college in eternal things, and I don't know where you guys are all at, but like in fully investing in a Christian community and in your walks with God and giving your life to serve him, like I will guarantee you you'll come out of it like in a much closer relationship with God than you would have if you had just kind of done your own thing. So those are my things but in your suitcase. What Do you guys you? know what the word sophomore means? 
Say it louder. Wise fool. Wise fool. My dad used to tell us that. It's kind of, it doesn't make sense, right? But it does when you think about it, right? Because you have a year under your belt, you're feeling kind of confident, <laughs> but maybe a little overconfident. And so choosing the wisdom to be teachable and asking questions and be a learner and a servant and what Ellie is talking about really sets you apart because there's a reason the second year of things is called sophomore, right? So it wasn't changed just for you guys. It's been like that for a hundred, I don't know, I'm not a linguist, but a long, long time. So kind of creating a different narrative for sophomores, especially as you end your sophomore year. So though my sophomore year at college was a while ago, it was a really important year for me. I went to the University of Oklahoma, actually where Bob went. So Max Barnett was my campus minister. I did not go to school with Bob. He's older than me. Um, but we had the same campus minister, which is really cool. Um, but I feel like that my sophomore year was kind of when I, I kind of found my people. Because I don't know about you, but, well, you had a rough freshman year. So this going away to college, when I went away, people were like, the friends you meet in college are the friends you're going to have for the rest of your life. I remember ending my freshman year and be like, these are the friends I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Like, I don't, this is not good. Um, so my sophomore year, a different approach and, and really found some like-hearted people to, to partner with in life. But take heart. If you haven't found those people yet, like my best friend in college, I didn't even meet her till my junior year. She transferred in. So if you're kind of feeling a little lost, like in the friendship world, all hope is not lost if you haven't solidified your friend group your sophomore year. But I would encourage you, like what Ellie shared and what Bob has been sharing, to make it a priority to find some good running mates that will spur you on. So also my sophomore year is when I, I changed my major. Some of you may be in majors that you hate. Like it may be like, why? I, oh, I talked to Brandon. He has a really cool path that he's pursuing. So thinking through how you're gifted, it's not too late to change your mind. Um, in fact, some of you are pursuing, so this would be probably advice that my dad gave me that I'm going to pass on to you. Like life is expensive, friends. It, it, it costs a lot of money to live, whether you live in Chico or you live in Los Angeles or San Francisco, which is another expensive city. Like some of you are following your passions in your major, maybe get a minor with some marketable skills that just in case that dream job doesn't come through, you can find a job. Does that make sense? Some of you have student loans and you are pursuing this amazing degree, but the chance of you getting a job in that degree is very slim. And it is it's good to have dreams, but it's also good to live in reality and to be able to pay your rent. So I would just encourage you. Yes, Justin. Do you have a question or are you just yeah. scratching your head? Oh, yes. Oh, I was going to say also, like, especially like as sophomores, currently, like in the process of like figuring out our careers, figuring out like, you know, what we're going to do after we graduate, do you think we should be, that seems like a stupid question, but do you think we should be prioritizing ministry or should we be prioritizing like academic, given that we're kind of in this? That's a great question. Any sophomores want to speak to that? Soleil. I feel like you should ask God, and in certain situations, He'll like tell you, like you need to like take lead here in ministry and do this for ministry. And sometimes He's going to tell you to study for an exam instead of doing this to make everything work out at the end. I think your sophomore year, yeah, is very stretching, right? And so sometimes we don't think we have the capacity. Like I can't. I can't bring, I can't go to a life group this week because I have this exam tomorrow. Well, it's the proper prior planning prevents poor performance, right? And so it's beginning. I left out a P, I know. Um, <laughs> don't think about that. So um, it's just beginning to take ownership of your schedule, right? And plan ahead. That the, There are enough hours in the day to get done the things that God has for you. And when you put God first, you put yourself in a position to experience his power and his strength and his energy at work. And when you decide, I've got to do this on my own, I've got to hunker down and get this done, then you're just saying, I got this, God, you stay over there. But yes. Okay, and I just kind of like follow up, like, thank you for your answer to that question. And then, like, yeah, obviously it's always putting God first, but I guess what I was also trying to say was that, like, do we put God first by being faithful with stewards to our academic endeavors, or do we put God first by trying to pour out and do outreach to the education? Mm -hmm. And do you just pray to see? Well, is there, is there anything from scripture that would help you answer the question about where God wants to fit in, in your life? Like maybe in Matthew six, like 33, 
<laughs> Maybe. You know what? Is that seek seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added? Yeah. So when we put God first and we decide to live life his what? We live a very different life. Because here's the scary thing, Justin, is if you put your academics first now, then you're gonna graduate and your job is gonna be first later. That something else is always going to be before God. But if you learn now to give God the first place in your life, that is going to be such a blessing to your future wife, to your future children, to your future coworkers. Like that opens up the door for a very different life than if you're like, academics work has to be my number one priority. Does that help? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so that kind of moves on. Have you guys ever seen those? This is an analogy a friend gave, so I'm stealing it from him. Um, those meal boxes, are those big and Chico? Like the HelloFresh, like you get the meal box delivered to your door and it has all the ingredients in it. Like you decide ahead of time, I want to eat this this week and then you order it and it comes delivered to your door. You know what I'm talking about, those meal boxes. Okay. Um, so I had a roommate who loved these and save you time, you don't have to go to the grocery store. So we're going to kind of use that meal box illustration. You're going to have to use your imagination and kind of go with me on this one a little bit. So thinking about what has God put in your box? Each of you have a box and it's very unique to you. So you have talents, you have skills, you have opportunities. There are things that make you, you, right? That's why there's so many varying degrees in this room. Like all of you guys, some of you are this amazing artists, and some of you are like business engineers, you know, or some of you are architects and designers. I mean, who knows what God, or Abby the flautist, you know, it's Gabby, sorry, not Abby. Yeah, like there's all these amazingly talented people in this room today. So he has given you a lot of different things in your box. So thinking about that. But then the question to ask is, you know, are you making the right thing? So when you order these boxes, you get the ingredients for a specific meal, right? So sometimes in life, though, we look over and, and Justin may be making pad thai with his life. And I'm making, supposed to be making beef enchiladas, right? But I'm like, oh, the pad thai looks so much more appealing than what I have in my box. Like the comparison game, right, can really cause us to get off course thinking, why do I, why wasn't I born into that family with those kinds of opportunities? Why was I given this? Why do I have this autoimmune disease that my capacity level is so much less than other people? So when we just, why, 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 we miss the opportunities that God has for us. And so when we compare ourselves with other people, I know in my own life, so in my experience, it's discouraging, it's frustrating, it really is defeating in a lot of ways. So being grateful, acknowledging what God has given you, being grateful, and then living your best Pad Thai life, right? I'm going to come over and you're going to make me some Pad Thai just one of these days. And then if you've ever gotten one of these boxes, it comes with very clear instructions. Have you guys used these boxes before? It's like photos. Like you cannot mess this up. Yeah, I guess you could mess this up, but it's really hard to mess this up. It's like color, it's beautiful. But we too, as followers of Christ, have been given this instruction guide. We have the Bible. There are directions in it. Like with the question Justin asked, we can go to God's word and that question is ex explained in scripture. And so it's good to be in the word, to live under the word, to obey the word, to know it, and to live by it because that's our kind of instruction manual for life. Does that make sense? Got to go with me on this illustration. Oftentimes when you cook, maybe you try to wing it. And in life, when we wing it, we can do a lot of damage to our own lives and the lives of other people around us, right? Because that's the, the foolish part of the wise fool that comes out. It's like, I got this. It can't be that hard, right? Oh no, life is hard. And so knowing the instructions and knowing how to live or inviting other people to help you when you're like, okay, I don't understand these instructions. Have you ever read something in a cookbook? You're like, I don't even know what this means. Like, what am I supposed to do? Then you have to Google that. Like, talk to your life group leader, a staff member, have someone else speak into you, your life and help you. And then the last thing is like, are you adding in extra ingredients? Are you adding in extra ingredients? Like a lot of you, I know at USC, if you're not a part of a million clubs, what are you doing with your life? Like that's the message each and every day. Is it like that at Chico? Like clubs, clubs, clubs. No, not so much. Okay, we'll just go with me on this then. Um, <laughs> a lot of things that just seem like these amazing opportunities are really time consuming and not life-giving. And all of us, 
rich or poor, old or young, are given 24 hours a day. So considering what extra ingredients you are adding into your schedule, and is that really something that God wants you to be spending your time on? You know, for Ellie, that her sophomore year, God led her to join a sorority. For others of you, it may be cutting back, like taking things out of the suitcase. And for other people, maybe it'd be putting in something, but really thinking through that wisely. And this is a great week to take time to really reflect on your schedule, to pull away, to pray through, okay, what am I, what's in my suitcase? What do I need to take out of my suitcase? Maybe there's something I need to put in, but really giving some prayer and attention to that. Also, it's a great place to ask questions to people who are farther along in life and can speak to your life and say, what do you see? Where do you see that I'm headed? Because I, I'm sometimes, I don't know about you, but I'm too close to me. Like I need some outside perspective, someone speaking truth into me to help me see, oh, Aaron, you are headed the wrong way. In fact, that happened to me my sophomore year, right after our spring break trip. So when I was at OU, we went to Colorado and um, the girl who led my Bible study, my discipleship team, her name was Kara and she was a senior and she wanted to meet up with me at the Wendy's. We had a Wendy's in our student union and I will never forget this conversation. She was very affirming and was like, Erin, you love to have fun. Like you are really good at having fun because I was like the life of the party kind of fun. And she was like, but I'm just concerned that you're going to graduate college and have had a lot of fun, but not made an impact with your life. And that was hard to hear, right? It was like, ouch. Like we talked about this in Freshman Connection, like ouch, that helps. Like ouch, that hurts. It really does hurt, but ouch, that helps. I needed someone to hold a mirror up and say, you have so much potential, but you are squandering it in these late night pancake runs and just tooling around Norm in Oklahoma. Like do something with your life. Essentially we were choosing in a very nice way. Very, very nice and loving, but I heard, thank God she risked a relationship to have that kind of honest conversation with me. And it really changed so much of my life. And so I decided after then, where I was at OU in the Christian Challenge I was a part of, they really encouraged us to live in the dorms. Max would say, you can have more ministry by accident if you stay in the dorms than you can on purpose living in an apartment. And so I moved to the athletic dorms because, because of NCAA rules, no, one, no university can have an athletic dorm. It has to be 51% non-athlete. So they needed me to live there. <laughs> so I helped them meet the quota and I lived there with another girl and we started a dorm Bible study there. That girl actually ended up being my best friend from college that we co-labored together in ministry because like what Ellie was saying, when you serve together, when you're inviting people into life groups and small group Bible studies, it does something to knit your heart together as you're praying for, for these girls and really sharing the gospel with them. So I would really encourage you with this verse in Matthew 16, 26. It says, you know, for, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You know, as followers of Christ, we have the same mission to love the Lord our God with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We all have that mission. It's just going to look a little different in each of our, in our spheres of influence that God has given us. But sadly, your sophomore year can be a year that's really divisive um, because this is a year when people, people's choices start catching up to them. And I'm sure you've seen this in some of the people that you met your freshman year, that by the choices they're making, they're just kind of veering off. You're not as close friends anymore because their choices are taking them farther and farther away from God. And so I would just really encourage you to stay the course and to encourage people who are making different choices to have conversations and lovingly help them see like what Kara did to me um, in a very loving way. And another common pitfall that you see is just, you know, people's choices that are driving them further away from God and Christian community, you know, that drive to succeed. The, I don't know about at Chico, the internship is pushed so hard at USC. Like mm. if you don't get an internship, your life is over, which is not true at all in any way. Um, but that's, that's the message that is sent out each and every day. And then unhealthy dating relationships. I don't, if you went to the dating seminar, you guys know about this, but that can also, you know, too much time spent with each other, crossing boundaries, that kind of stuff that can really derail people as well. And so our heart is that you guys would really stay the course that the things you're hearing from Bob and from the workshops that just take root in your heart and that you would follow God long-term. So that's what we have prepared for you, but we would love to just do some Q&A time and answer some questions you have about pretty much anything.
<laughs> Maybe not everything, but a lot of things. Yes. Is it very like sophomore specific? I don't think. Maybe it is. Um, but like, so I guess like I live with roommates that aren't like Christian or religious at all, and I just like. Like, what kind of advice do you guys have in regards to that? Go for it, Ellie. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's cool that you have the opportunity. Like, God has placed you in this, like, apartment in really close quarters of people who aren't walking with God. And there can be either two things that will happen. Like, either they'll influence you and derail you, or you'll influence them, and you can share the gospel with them and potentially be a light to them. Maybe they'll even come to Christ. So I would encourage you more practically um, just to begin praying for them, like praying for an opportunity to really clearly share the gospel, inviting them to things and to church and to challenge. And then also just like remaining, like pray that you wouldn't be derailed. I don't know, like if they're into things that would derail you, but um g- getting yourself around believers who can keep you accountable and on track. I mean, we, we meet, so you, we can chat yeah. <laughs> about that yeah. and like um, continue to be like open and honest about like, if you are at all struggling with that, I think that that would be what I would say. Does that answer your question or is there more specific? No, yeah, definitely. And I guess like we can chat more about this too, but like I've had like my roommates like ask me like, where, where do you go on Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, like, talk to them, like, about it, and they, like, ask me questions and stuff. Like yeah. There's, like, more, like, guidance, too, on just, like, how to, like, approach those conversations in a way that's, yeah. like, loving and, like, kind and not yeah. doesn't make them feel, like... Because you don't want to be, like, oh, you said no to coming with me? Well, now I'm going to be mad at you. <laughs> like, I don't know. Remaining very, like... um loving and open and relational with them and like providing them the opportunity to come with you. But you do want to like maintain a good roommate relationship with them. And just even the way you act as a roommate will say a lot about your relationship with God. Even the amount that you do the dishes will mm-hmm. say a lot about your relationship yeah. with God. Uh, I don't know. What would you add? Yeah. I, I think I would encourage you to make sure you have some really close like heart friends, Christian friends that are, mm-hmm encouraging you I think sometimes it's hard living with people who aren't on the same page um so it's important to have some like good friends who are you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need to live with them but just as long as that's Mm -hmm. like a a part of your life that can encourage you and I think you know Brian Stowe's testimony yesterday Mm -hmm. that's powerful like his roommates noticed that he was different and so that you know first Peter 3 15 always be prepared to give a reason for the answer that you have for the hope that is in you Justin um, how should we respond to other students who are um, heavily immersed in worldly pleasures and try mm. to push it upon them? Oh, they try to push it upon you? Like, they try to, like, hey, you should do this. You should come out with us. Uh, you should like, oh, you come should party. try this. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's more of, like, how should we respond in a kindly but, like, not wanting to way? Oh, yes. Because I'm, yeah. Uh, I have some thoughts oh, from the it. sorority world. Because that happened to me all the time. Um, And it's like you really don't want to be judgmental because they're not walking with God. So they're not accountable to live life in the way God calls us to, you know? So I don't know. If my sorority sister would be like, oh, my gosh, why do you never party with us? I'd be like, oh, you know, I don't drink, haha, and then, like, move on. Like, I wouldn't make it a big deal. And then if they would ask me one-on-one, like, so why don't you drink? then I would use it as an opportunity to share my faith. But if it was in a group context, I would try and not make it like this weird like wall between us. But I would be clear that like that's not something I'm interested in. And most of the time I found in Chico, even though we are a party school, like if you, tell, if you say very confidently that you don't drink, they won't pressure you because we've gotten in trouble for that. So it's like, <laughs> they don't want to do that again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's my personal experience. I feel like you would have better, like, general biblical. Are, is it the same people asking you to do the same thing again and again? Um, it's just more of, like, they brought it up once, but I never responded. Okay. And then they brought it up again, and I kind of responded. I was like, oh, I'm just not interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. And later on, they're like, oh, why aren't you interested in doing oh, that? Oh, yeah. Um, then I responded 
Oh, it's because like that's just something I don't want to do, and I don't like. Like that's when I told him, like, yeah, I'm like, I have a relationship with God, and like that's just something that I don't want in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it just kind of got, we kind of just like, you know, mm-hmm. right. So just more of like, 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 I don't know how to like respond further and try to be like, oh, I'm still your friend, just like, yeah, just, you know, I'm not involved in that stuff. Yeah. But I think you could say that, like, I still want to hang out when you guys do other things. Let me know. I'm just really not interested mm-hmm. in that. Okay. And I don't know what your, I mean, I know, don't even know your last name, so I don't know you at all. <laughs> but like in my family, alcoholism runs on both sides of my family. And so for me, I hate alcohol. I, I have seen it destroy both sides of my family. And so like, I have a really strong opinion about alcohol, right? But so I think also I use that like, honestly, with alcohol, I'm not interested. I have two uncles that struggle with alcohol addiction and I've seen it. And I, I know it just starts with social drinking, right? Like mm-hmm. they, neither of them, they're men who struggled so much and neither of them set out to become alcoholics. That was not, never the goal. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when you just bring it home with their own personal story, that helps them see too. To maybe consider it in their own lives. Because I think mm-hmm. a lot of us have been marked by you know, alcohol addiction and, and drugs. I like what you said about like finding other things to do with them. Like with, um, in my chapter, like I wouldn't go out with them on a Friday night, but I would show up to the different dances and say hi. And I would like get coffee with them or, you know, go to the farmer's market and find other things that they were already doing that we could do together and do as much of that as I could to offset the, oh, but I don't want to do this with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then it was like, well, we were still friends. I just didn't do that one thing with them. Oh, oh, sorry. Let's, no, no. Uh, Alex. You go first, because I've already asked them. You go first. <laughs> we, we have plenty of time, friends. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Okay, so I want to ask, so uh, we kind of brought this up earlier, but as sophomores affected by COVID, um, mm-hmm. how can we serve to um, practically inspire and encourage other sophomores mm-hmm. who maybe aren't involved mm-hmm. so that when we're seniors, um, we can point to other underclassmen, like how the current upperclassmen are doing for us? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they're not interested? So like if you were saying, okay, so the sophomores are going to get together and we're going to have a movie night. Do you want to come? Like, would that be appealing? I feel like it's, with USC at least, there is some interest, but just I think in general, a lot of this, uh, a lot of our class is very fragmented mm-hmm. and they're just, is um, even... Like, even people who have been, who were more involved freshman year have, like, mm-hmm. fallen away from, uh, from like, either Christian community or just challenge, uh, or, or challenge or Christian community in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do, like, kind of build that cohesiveness? Mm. You know, I, one thing that comes to mind is, is casting vision for that, Alex. Like, guys, we're halfway done with college. I don't know about you, but by the time we're seniors, I want to be good friends. Like I want to have a normal senior class. I know our freshman year was so far from normal. Like it could not be farther from normal. No one in the history of mankind has done what you guys have done your freshman year of college. Right. So like casting vision, like what can we do to change this and bring people in on that, but casting a vision for where you want to be, like where they could be and what they could be a part, inviting them in to be a part mm-hmm. of something bigger than what they can see. Because I think everyone longs for that. Every you watch these movies about college and your parents talk to you about college, right? And they're like, I want that college experience that you guys missed out on, but it's not too late. And I think a lot of people have bought into like, it's too late. Like my, this is what college is going to be for mm-hmm. me. And it does not have to be that way. Just a second. Let me see if Ellie has something to add to that, and then we'll ask you, Justin. Well, I like that kind of related back to what your friend did for you, mm-hmm. being like, hey, like, you know, love what you're doing, but also you could do this. It makes much more of an impact. Like, you know, maybe your friends are not in a place where you need to go to sit down one-on-one with them. But, like, yeah, I like what you said a lot about that. Like, I feel like I've seen a lot of people just, you know, be content to, like, be alone and be on their phone and do that kind of thing, and it's like, oh, okay, you do you, you know, like, that's just the common, like, 
you're not supposed to like question what people are doing, but being stepping out there and being like, Hey, like you're wasting your life. You should come do things with me, you know? Um, maybe that's not that dramatic, but you know, but I think you could even, like, guys, I just got back from this great retreat yeah. week long. I saw and heard about friendships and I, I want to do something. And that's the thing. You can't force them to join you, right? right. You can cast the vision for them. It. You can invite them in. You can pray for them. And it's the choice is up to them. Yeah. Right. And so love them, pray for them and move. You know, you guys are moving into leadership. And so move that way, but lead out. You will need someone to kind of lead out and cast that vision. Yes. Justin. Kind of building on top of Alex's question, um, is that vision that you're saying that we're casting here? And do you think that like that eventual ideal was that to have like a whole class together that is like interested in the same thing? So basically, like I guess like for me personally, at least my experience has been like when I'm in challenge, I'm like trying to you know extend my community. I'm like more naturally drawn to like I mean my case like Jared Lowe for example, or like Evan or somebody like that who like has like some similar interests. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But it, like when it comes to kind of bring together the whole class, like do we should we try to like you know pitch up that as like we're just like Christian brothers and sisters and Christianity and our faith is the one thing we have in common? Or should we try to also like find kind of like the mission they're talking about, find like similar interests mm. that like will be more effectively finding us together. I don't understand the question, but if you understand it, maybe I'll go off what you say. I don't know. So are you saying like are you wondering if the vision Aaron was talking about was like not only for you to be Christians going to challenge together, but also to be like best friends doing all extra things together and have like, like the, the, common interests? The friends that we're talking about, is it like, are we like talking about friends bonded only by faith or friends also bonded by like interests? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like what you were talking about was like <laughs> casting vision to your friends to like invest in their faith and like. I don't know. My friends and I all have really varying interests. Yeah. So, like, it's fun to, like, find fun things to do with your other friends, and that really bonds you in a way. But I don't know if I'd say it's, like, I don't think the end goal is to have a group of friends with all the same common interests. Like, the one thing that does unite us all, no matter what, is Christ. And if you have common interests, that's great. Yeah. Is that that speaking to what you're asking? Kind of. I know. I'm trying to... I mean, I think what initially attracts us to people is someone being like, you too, right? It's like having those, that you too moment, that shared commonality, but that it moves beyond that and it moves deeper. And so that's mm-hmm. why it's so neat within the Chico Challenge and USC Challenge, the diversity, right? Mm-hmm. And so when people come in, they can kind of find someone in a similar major, someone with a similar interest. And so the God mm-hmm. really uses that. But kind of what Alex is talking about is bringing people together to accomplish a certain purpose. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's cool because we can all be uniquely used within, I wouldn't say the goal is to all become the same because then we couldn't reach the the, the most amount of people on your campus, you know? Right. Um, Oh, sorry. Her and then Gabby. Um, so I feel like through COVID and like, all that came with COVID. Like, um, I'm a very like social, outgoing person, but like after COVID, I found myself like being super drained, mm-hmm. like being social. Same girl. Um, yeah, and like this, I mean, coming to this camp, I was like, how am I gonna do that? Like, how am I gonna be around people like all the time? And like, I even found myself like earlier, like I literally like walked up to my cabin for like five minutes and then just like s- stood there, and there was people like some of my roommates were still up there, but like. We, like chatted a little bit but I just like needed to like step away for a minute and mm-hmm. like I don't want to be like that necessarily it's so, like how to like mm-hmm. combat those moments of like I need to step away you know because like I don't I don't necessarily think that that's always the best way to handle that and so mm-hmm. like, and I wasn't like that before so like how to like combat those things Jibs mm-hmm. ideas yeah I feel like so I'm similar in that sense like I was like I don't know my okay I, so I was telling Aaron this earlier it's kind of off track my first year at Hume was my senior year of high school and some of the USC people remember me and I was like wow that's embarrassing because I was really energetic and like a lot and <laughs> was so excited to people like all the time and I'm not like that anymore I'm much more 
chill, which is good because I don't like exhaust people. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed even after COVID and like my social battery was lower. So I don't know. I think part of it, there's a mixture of like growing your capacity. Like I think our capacity can be stretched and God can stretch it back to where it was or even more. If you're like an introvert, like God can stretch your capacity. If you're an extrovert, God can stretch your capacity in different ways. Like my husband's an introvert, but he's really good at just like being on like in any situation. He's been feeling under the weather, but he was like, well, I'm speaking, so I'm just going to be on. Like he's talking to the juniors right now. And he's like, I know that I don't feel well, but like that doesn't, for, he's trained himself in a way to where even though he in his own self would prefer to be alone and prefer to be like maybe resting right now. He's like, well, that's not what God has for me right now. So I'm not going to do that. Um, and he's feeling well enough, obviously to do things. So just maybe he'd prefer to chill out or something, but so allowing God, like taking little steps, like push yourself a little bit to grow your capacity over time is really good. And then also, um, the other thing I was thinking about, like we can like, we have the ability to just like, we can do hard things, you know, like even if it's not fun to like, you'd rather go to your room and be alone. Like our, the goal in life isn't to always do what's, what feels nice in that moment. So I don't know. I would like for myself, if I'm like on a Tuesday night and I had a really exhausting day, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter if I'd rather like shut down for the moment. Like it's 8, 8, 8 PM challenge of starting. Like I'm going to be hype, you know, and just like choosing to have that attitude, even though it's not my default in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the Colossians, you know, 2, 6, and 7 says, we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone so we can present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I love labor, struggling with all his energy, mm-hmm. which so powerfully works in me. And there are days when I go, <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I do not. And I am an extreme extrovert, but it's just... It's like maybe a couple of girls back to back have had rough days. It has just zapped me. Like yeah. I'm like a puddle on the ground. <laughs> and it's like, okay, God, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need your power and your grace and your energy at work in me. Yeah. And so, and also I think praying and part of a, your adulting in, in your 20s for me is what I discovered, like what refreshes me and what fills me up. And so I kind of learned a lot about myself in my 20s. And so figuring out some of those things mm-hmm. and building those into your schedule, like, okay, this is going to be draining. So I'm going to need to do crochet. I mean, I don't know what you would enjoy <laughs> to do, like a walk on the lawn. I hear Chico's beautiful. So think of what, like try different yeah. things and see what refreshes you. But yeah, you need to build that into your life because people are the the ones God has called us to reach, but it can be exhausting working yeah. with people. And like, if you're not like to some extent, uh, rested or like, you know, like have had your quiet time, slept an okay amount, eaten enough food, you're not going to be an effective witness, people. So it's not like you can just like, that that being on thing doesn't work 24-7, you know? You can't just like do that. You probably could, but then you would probably like end up sick for a week or something. That's what I've done. I end up sick right after finals when I was in college. But I like what you're saying. Like I feel like whenever I've prayed for God to give me energy during like a long day, like that always happens. And I'm like, Wow. How cool. And then maybe I can go to bed a little bit early, you know? And maybe set a time limit. I'm going to stay after this event for 20 minutes and talk to people. And once that's done, then I'll head off to bed. I just wanted to add that it's really important to take really good care of yourself because when I don't get enough sleep, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, especially when I don't get enough sleep, I get the next morning, I just don't feel like myself mm-hmm. and like it becomes really hard to, for me to treat other people well mm-hmm. just because I myself aren't in a good spot so it's just harder for me to be kind to people um so I always try to make sure to take good care of myself so that I can be good to others because yeah. when I'm not in a good spot for myself then it's really hard for me to be good to others yeah yeah it's a really weird balance I feel like trying to figure out like okay you need some margin to like be healthy but then too much margin is like, you know, being selfish to some extent. So it's like, you know, figuring that out with God is a really good mm-hmm. training opportunity. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I've already noticed like in the second semester of sophomore year, like that it's been getting easier last semester. <laughs> I felt like a totally different person. I was yeah. like, what is going on? But like, I've already noticed like 
like God helping to like stretch my capacity back mm-hmm. out to what it was before. Yeah. But that's like good wisdom to like, keep working towards that like, yeah. goal. To the second, Gabby. Yeah. Um, I just had a question about like, what do you like? What's your guys' advice when one of like your close friends is like you can see being influenced like not in the best way, mm-hmm. and it's like one of your very close friends. Like, how do you like recommend handling that input, like that information, and also not like letting it influence you because mm-hmm. you're such someone so close to you? That like, how do you keep like a healthy boundary, but also like be able to like speak to that friend if what you feel like it's not a situation you know that they might not listen to you you know I think when you approach someone in love and just from the get go some things that I've said is like I'm having this conversation because I care about you if I didn't care I wouldn't risk having this conversation with you but I, I love you too much to be silent when I see the choices you're making in the direction you're headed. And so I, I just want to, to be a good friend, the friend that I would want you to be mm-hmm. if I was in this situation. And so I, I, I'm saying these things out of love. What do you like do when like they're very like happy though, like with the mm. they have, even though like you can see how it's like influencing their life, even though like they're like very, very happy and, like, this is gonna sound really bad but my dad one time told me I was trying to reach out to a sorority sister who was like that she was very content in her life and I really want to share the gospel with her or no I shared the gospel with her and she was like oh but I'm like you know loving my life right now and I was like okay um and I don't think she ever came out to Christ but I started praying that something would happen in her life that would bring her to God. Um, almost that like something like hard would happen in her life that would make her realize that that wasn't the trajectory she wanted to go on. And that was going to be the most fulfilling in life. And then her boyfriend broke up with her. And I was like, well, girl, what a great opportunity for me to like talk to you about God. And she was a lot more open for that season when she was really upset by her boyfriend breaking up with her. Obviously, we don't want to create situations that are upsetting for our friends, you know? But, like, there is some, I don't know, it sounds really bad, but there is some merit behind praying that, like, God would just do something in their lives to really show them, like, hey, this is not the, the spot to be in. Because ultimately, like you were saying earlier, like, you can't control what your friends do. You can really pray for them. You can have these conversations, but they're just going to live their life, and God really has to, like, intervene a lot of the time and often that happens it's not going to happen if they're feeling content and they're not going to change paths if they're like enjoying where they're at yeah and then like how do you i guess like create like a boundary so that they don't Mm -hmm. like influence you but like you also like are still kind and like respectful Mm -hmm. towards them but also like like respectfully say no when like you like don't want to spend like I think some of that can just be a natural progression as choices are made. I mean, I think you could even talk to your friend. I've done, done this before. Like, you know, you observe things. Like, when you're with those people, you're different. I've said that mm-hmm. to a friend before. I've just noticed that when you are hanging out with these people, you're different than when you're hanging out with me. And maybe she's not aware of it. Just mm-hmm. bring it up. We talk about in Freshman Connection, you know, your friends determine the quality and the direction of your life. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be choosy about the people that you're really deep heart friends with. And so I think to create some distance would actually probably be good in this situation of like, sorry, I'm not available to go, like deciding what things you're going to do when she invites you to do them or those. Does that make sense? Just be a little more picky and choosy yeah that stuff and even just like deciding in your heart like you know you could even just in your head to go switch of like okay this is my very very best friend to this is my friend like in your heart stop like change from relying on her as like a heart heart friend because then you will be influenced if you're thinking of her as like your very very best friend which is really hard to like make that switch in your head um but oftentimes it like helps protect yourself from 
following in her footsteps. Because I tend to, if someone's my very, very best friend, if they're doing something, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that too. Yeah. I don't know. Does that help? Yeah. It's not fun. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And you're going to experience it this year, and it's going to get worse junior and senior year because, like, there are people that came their freshman year that are now seniors because we didn't, at USC hasn't been at Hume since the seniors' freshman year, and they're not here. They're not even a part of challenge anymore because of the choices that they've made over time. You know, it's just our choices really set the course for our life. Mm-hmm. Do you have a question, Joss? Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> How can I keep like a can-do attitude throughout the rest of college without feeling like burnt out or wanting to withdraw? Yes. Um, relying on the Holy Spirit and not your own energy, because that's where I found myself junior year. And I did all the things sophomore year, and I was like, great, yay. And then it was junior year, and it was like, oh, my gosh, I hate my life for, like, a good semester. Um, that's what, when COVID happened, that was a good, like, oh, okay, I can get my life back on track. Like, this was a bit of a slap in the face. But, like, I was really burned out because my goal in my mind was I want to make the staff happy, and I want to, like, fulfill my commitments, and I want to, like, do all these things so that people think well of me, and that, like, Matt, my boyfriend, thinks well of me. And that my leader in the Greek ministry thinks well of me. And my discipler thinks well of me. And so I was trying really hard to, like, please all these people. And I could have been doing the exact same things in my schedule but with the attitude to please God and with being led by the Holy Spirit and, like, be, being filled with energy from God rather than I was trying really, really hard to do everything on my own strength to where I even, like, didn't have enough money for groceries and, like, found myself getting really dizzy at work. And my parents were like, what the heck? You could have just asked us for money for groceries and we would have helped you. And I was like, oh, you're right. Like I was trying so, so hard to like rely on myself and be this independent junior in college, like who had her life together. And I just like, God was really showing me that you just can't do that. Like if you're not relying on God, you really can't do all these things we're talking about. Like we were talking earlier, Justin, about like academics and ministry and finding the balance between like, you just, you can't be a good steward of your academics and be fully like seeking first God's kingdom and have friends and stuff. If you're not relying on God, you're going to be exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I think the can-do attitude is more of a perspective. Yeah. Like when I look at something, when I look at the day, it's like, yes, with God I can. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh. And so it's not the like, you know, pull yourself up with your bootstraps kind of idea. It is the candy. I just like, no, with God, I can, I can do this with this help. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's more of a mentality of like your approach. Does that make sense? Not like signing up for everything. I can do everything. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't, you're going to have to make choices, right? Yeah. 24 hours in a day. And so inviting God into those choices, you, you cannot, but with God's help. Okay. Let's do her. And then her. So my question is, like, as we're going into junior year and becoming more, like, major-specific classes, mm-hmm. how do we know that we're on the right path that God wants us to be on? For me, it was like, God, I, because I didn't excel at anything. I was not like you guys that are, like, brilliant and pursuing. I was, like, very average. And so there wasn't one thing that I was super good at. And so I just felt like, okay, God, I think this is where you're leading me. And so I'm going to... Choose this, declare this major, and if it is wrong, let me know. You know, like, I'm going to move forward. I've got to have a degree. I can't keep going to school for nothing, right? Somebody's funny. So just say, I'm holding this with an open hand. Intervene if this is not where you want me to go. You get the final call, not me. Mm -hmm. But I've been there. That's tough. Um, That's exactly what I do, too. Like, I'm a business major. I'm not really, like, I don't think my major's awesome or anything. (laughs) I think it's kind of boring, but... Um, I think that's what God's, God wants me to do, and, and if he didn't want me to do it, then I would just change my major, but so far, I've not, like, it's just like a feeling I have that I know it's right, and I'm okay mm-hmm. if God wants me to change it, I will, so just, like, trusting God, and, like, yeah, it's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something to add to that, too, like, I think as sophomores, and probably a lot of other classes go through COVID, like, we got so used to being independent and like kind of, I'm a mentor on campus and I found like with a lot of freshmen, like 
they're super like proud of their independence and like they love that they're independent and like I think we have that too and oh man God put me in the spot last semester <laughs> like I had to ask for help and like the value in asking for help like I feel like a lot of the things that we've asked like asking God for help asking people who are like more spiritually mature than us for help like mm-hmm. It's so hard to ask for help, and I talk to my friends, and she's like, I cry every time I ask for help, and I was like, girl, same. Um, but, like, it's so important to ask for help, and so I think that, that that's just, like, a good reminder for us as sophomores, that, like, just because we, were, we had to be so independent, and just because that was, like, a thing to be proud of, that we, like, had to really take charge of our academics, because no one was, like, really holding us accountable, that, like, asking for help is not a bad thing, and no one you ask for help is going to be, like, you're asking for help, that's lame. Like, you know, like, <laughs> no. no one is going to be like that. And so I think with a lot of these questions, like asking for help and like seeking help from God and from people who know you and know God more than you, like is just mm-hmm. really valuable. Yeah. I think it's pretty dangerous to live in a way like, woe is me, like, you know, I didn't get to have the freshman year experience. I think if you live in that and keep dwelling on what you didn't get and being ripped off of college, it's going to rob you of what God has for these next few years. And so it's like, you that was beyond your control. God actually ordained the time and the place that you would live. So he chose this for you guys. I mean, honestly, I probably would have died of dysentery if I would have come out on a covered wagon. Like, I'm just not made of the hearty <laughs> stuff. God knew I couldn't survive smallpox or any of, any of that stuff. Um, so God chose that. And so really resting in him that he's going to use this for your good, but changing the narrative in your mind. Like, no, no, this is not going to define my graduation from high school, my first year of college. No, no. God is working and has a plan. And he's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just me, but I like my first year in college so far. And I felt like God did many great things. And I forgot that I never even had a prom or a high school graduation. Mine was like online, sadly. But um, yeah. so I'm really happy and content. Looking forward to the beautiful, bright future. <laughs> Spend some time with Soleil. She will help you. <laughs> Get some needed perspective. Mm-hmm. Any more questions? We have time for a couple more, and then I know you guys are getting hungry. This one's like kind of specific to me. I don't know if many people relate to this, but so I'm transferring schools, and over the summer I have to go home, and I have to stay at home, and I have no Christian community there, like at all. Mm-hmm. And like it's only a couple months, but it's just really hard to be in that situation, especially now that I'm in Chico and like I have this community mm-hmm. and just like being used to relying on that. I guess, like, obviously it's not ideal for that to be a long-term thing, but do you guys have any tips for, like, short-term just to, like, how to deal with not having that community? Yeah. Well, for challenge, Chico, duh, you guys are challenged too. keep forgetting. Um, Not forgetting, I just keep, I always call it challenge. Um, I know we're going to do our summer project online as well, so there's, like, if you absolutely have to go home, that's a really good way to just be kept accountable and I think we'll probably do that. We do that every year, right, Mariana? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we're going to do that again. So you can still go through the book, memorize the verses, and be in that community. But, um, yeah, doing that, going to finding a local church there. I don't know if you have a church back home you can go to, or even just if there's zero churches, you can watch church online, you know. Um, and then even, I don't know, like, I'm sure... Like your roommates or even Sarah, type when you would be willing to continue, like would be down to like keep you like have an accountability partner over the summer. Like call them at least once a week and have them ask you hard questions, or have Sarah call you at least once a week and ask you hard questions to help keep you on track, so you don't just totally fall out of that community. And then I don't know. You can you could even just switch the framework from like not having a Christian community this summer to like, okay, there is no Christian community. How can I like invest my summer in like the relationships I have back home? Um, And that would be a really good question to ask like Sarah later too, because she might know more specifically like your opportunities back home. Well, it's hard too, because 
you know, not only is it like not a Christian community, but it's also like a lot of the people I have back home are the opposite. Yeah. Of what I need, yeah. Um, which is really discouraging. Right. Um, it's like also an opportunity, you know, like it could right. definitely. Yeah. But it's, you know, and like neither of them are going to be there this summer. Exactly. Like I'm really going to be by myself and. It's just kind of scary. I yeah, guess. <laughs> absolutely. One of my best friends graduated or moved back home and also doesn't really have a lot of Christian community and all of her friends are into the opposite thing. And so she and I talk once a month and we go through this whole intensive list of accountability questions because she's like, she knows that like without accountability, she like is totally victim to falling off straight. He was talking to Sorry. Yeah, let yeah. me pray and we can wrap up. And then if you guys have more questions, you, can, oh, you guys can all have dinner together. Yeah. Um, Father, thank you for this group of sophomores. Thank you for the story that you have been writing and you are continuing to write in their lives. We pray that, that each of us would be people who would let you write your story with our lives and that we would cooperate with you to become more like you. We pray just your protection on this class. We pray that you would supernaturally knit hearts together, that they would have a closeness um, like other classes have experienced despite being on Zoom for their entire freshman year. And so we thank you that nothing is impossible with you. And so we ask that you would include many other people um, in this class, that they would just be a force to be reckoned with as they shine brightly for you on their respective campuses. So we are so grateful for the opportunity to get to share with them and look forward to hearing in the future how you've used them. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Spring Break 2022 season of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. Catch up on and review the rest of the sessions right here on all of your favorite podcast platforms and leave us a review if you'd please. Get involved and find out more about us, weekly small groups, and upcoming events like this spring break retreat on Instagram at USC Challenge and on our website, uscchristianchallenge.com.